This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more podcasts at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Wimey podcast hour brunch not brunch just an episode right yeah just an episode no yeah. brunch this time nope i'm ronnie jay's here i am and we were talking and we're going to talk about some of our favorite episodes yes new series Is yeah that, that I, was our I just stipulation? did yeah i just strictly did the new series yep so from eccleston on correct all right go for it name me one all right for Eccleston, I wrote three down in his one season. All right. That really, first one was was Dalek. Okay. And that's the one where he, it's funny because this was in 2005. He travels to 2012 and meets this guy, this collector, Van Stratton, who collects alien artifacts. And he captures the Doctor and the TARDIS and recognizes the Doctor as an alien and kind of presses him into... So you're going to help me with this one artifact that I can't do anything with. And it turns out that it's a Dalek. Yeah. That's the one where he gets trapped in the room with him, right? Right. They lock him in there. Yeah. And, of course, up to this point, you thought the Daleks were all, were all destroyed. The Doctor thought the Daleks were all destroyed in the, the last great time war. But it was just a good episode. I'd love to see the Doctor's reaction to this. And... Rose's reaction because this Dalek turns out to be not your typical not your typical Dalek, right? Dalek, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is where he pretty much uh, flips out on it, and sh- and this is uh, what ep- this was like the third episode, fourth episode, uh, fourth or f- uh, somewhere along there, yeah. Because this is where Rose actually sees like the dark side of him kind of come out, right? Right. That she hadn't seen yet. Right. We see Doc. We see the Doctor basically, you know, all of the emotional crap that he's been carrying from the Time War starts to come out. Right. And we really see his hatred of the Dalek. And there's that one scene I think that's really powerful, where the Dalek is saying, you know, he he's now not he's not connected to the other Daleks. To the I don't want to use the word collective because that sounds too much like Borg, but he's not where he's getting receiving any orders right and he can't function without any orders and so the doctor says wait okay here's an order kill yourself and he goes on a just on harangue yeah and the dalek looks at him and just says you know you would make a good dalek and that's something they've revisited um several times over the course of the series yeah and and honestly like going back and watching this one again like after the 50th episode or anniversary episode yeah it, you kind of you can see that it kind of fills in that back 
backstory, like you can see his anger and guilt and regret, and he's unleashing it on the Daleks. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the 50th anniversary episode, um, he doesn't remember saving it. So for him, it's still, he thinks that he destroyed both of them. Right. So he still has that, all that guilt and anger on his sleeve, basically. Yes. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, I think it was one of the most powerful episodes of that series. The second one that I listed for him was Father's Day. Okay. And that's the one where Rose goes back to see her father. Uh-huh. It's like Groundhog's Day type thing? Yeah. Well, she went back to witness his death, where he was killed. Mm-hmm. And she ends up saving him. Right, right. Which throws time way out of whack. And these creatures... I, never, and I can't remember what they're called, show up that are basically trying to set things, reestablish the correct timeline, or they're they're just trying to destroy everyone that's around where this change in the timeline took place. So they get trapped in the church, and of course Rose ends up telling her dad who she is, and he kind of figures it out yeah. based on what's going on. Right. But it was just it was a just a really good episode. We you we get you get more story about. Uh, her dad, because her mother has always talked about him as, you know, he was a great guy, always out, you know, working jobs here and there to take care of us, always took care of us. And it turns out that he wasn't like that. He was kind of a bit of a rounder. Right. Yeah, that, that, that one was really good, too. That th- I think that one's a, one of the unsung great episodes, you know. Yeah, I think so. And then the third one, and I'm when there's two parts episodes, I'm, I'm putting them together as one. Okay. Which I but think I know the, this one. The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. Dances. Yes. Where we, that's where we introduced Jack Harkness. But yeah. that was such a damn good episode. Yeah. And, and that one was uh, actually written by Stephen Moffat. Yep. And also, fun fact, did you know that this was the first Doctor Who, um, or the second time in the history of the series that the Doctor's name was used as a story title? Or used as like the the plot line part of it. No, I did not know that. Uh, the first one was uh, Doctor the Doctor Who and the Silurians. Silurians. Yeah. yeah, in 1970. Of course, you know, <laughs> after that, because of the Doctor dances, you know. So after that, we've had a couple of different Doctor titles for episodes, right. but. But that was just such a great episode. We, we introduced Jack Harkness, who's a great character. Yeah. Um, and the whole, you know, that was just creepy as hell, too. Uh, the little kid, are you my mummy? Yeah. You, I mean, just it just creeped the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. I had that as my ringtone for a while back on my old oh, razor geez. phone. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would set some people off. Yeah. But, and it was also another powerful episode because at the end, those nano genes that have been sort of causing all of this because they didn't know what a human looked like you know they, it, they they thought these nanogenes were trying to destroy people but in other words but in reality it was trying to help them but right. they didn't know they didn't know what a human looked like exactly so they picked a model which happened to be a kid with a gas mask on right uh, so that's why you know everybody ended up with gas mask wearing but but the end of that where the doctor was able to control them and restore everybody back to what they were and he makes this very emotional statement about just this one time everybody lives 
Yeah. And nobody dies in this episode, mm-hmm. which is pretty damn rare. And it's like, that was really strong and powerful for him because it's like, you know, for once, nobody is going to die. Right. So. And this was the first time, well, the first time, you, like you said, that we got introduced to Jack, which, right. w- which would be like his rival right yeah and started out kind of an arrival yeah. yeah like the the banter between them like uh his vortex manipulator like the doctor kind of craps all over it and how it's like ancient <laughs> technology type thing compared to the tardis or whatever you know well then then there's that one where they're kind of trapped and jack has this weapon he goes this is a sonic blaster sonic <laughs> yeah. Disruptor. Yeah. what have you got and the doctor's like uh uh well, it's totally sonic. It doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> yeah. He yeah. finds out it's a screwdriver, and then the Captain Jack looks at him and says, who looks at a screwdriver and says, this needs to be a little more sonic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely agree. It, it, it added Jack to the mythos and has been, well, I mean, he's been pretty much throughout the series. Well, up until at least Lieutenant, he hasn't been back yeah. since then. Right. Even with the face of Bo. Right. If you want to yeah, check out which, that theory. Oh, that was a pretty cool theory, I thought. Yeah. Um, so those are the Eccleston episodes. That okay. I picked. And then Tenet one? For Tenet, I start, this was absolutely my favorite of all Tenet's. Uh, the Girl in the Fireplace. Okay, yep. That's a good where one. Where he finds Madame de Pompadour. And just that whole interaction. With, she was such a great character. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was just, that was a stereotypical good Doctor Who. It had all the elements that make a good Doctor Who story. Yep. From, it was, uh, you know, it didn't really, it was bookended. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it, it, you found out what was wrong, and then they solved it in one episode type thing. Right. And there really wasn't any lingering, like, arc at that time. Right? Right. No, there wasn't. Yeah, that was before they started doing some of the yeah. longer arc stories for Tenet. So that was a great one. Uh, another one, and this may be this may surprise you, but I really liked this episode, Gridlock. Ooh. That's where Martha, he takes Martha back to New Earth, and she gets kidnapped by carjackers. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, and, because they're, in that, they're in these vehicles, but there's different, you know, all kinds of levels. Uh-huh. And... It has something to do with the more passengers you have, the more priority you get. So they, these two people kidnap Martha so that she can have three that they can move down to the next faster level. But, you know, it's like nobody moves hardly at all. Yeah. And But then there's these creatures down at the bottom. That's, that's where everybody wants to go is down to the fast lane, which is the lowest lane. But that's also where these deadly creatures and i can't remember the name of them either I should yeah. have that but up. they don't know that though right no they don't know that they're completely yeah. unaware yeah because they think that uh it's like moving up in society right right yeah the, the different levels and then by the time you get to level one or the basement say then you've reached your goal yes yeah and, and there was a rather and doctor the doctor gets in one car with this couple <laughs> it's kind of humorous because he's a cat an evolved cat and she, his wife is a human, and she shows him their children, and it's a batch of kittens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one's yeah. I, I forgot about that, but yeah, because it's almost like speed and like Fast and Furious motifist type style. Right. I don't know. That one just that was a good episode for me. Yeah. Than, and then 
the next one is one of the specials, the uh, tenant specials that they don't really stick into any season. Um, and it was the next doctor. Oh, uh, with John Morrissey. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that one too. I was like, that was a good one. Uh, just, he was a good actor and just the whole story of him, you know, taking on this persona and to find out that it was because he was trying to suppress the, the horrible memories that, you know, of being attacked by the Cybermen and his wife being killed and all that. So it's just, it was like a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome Uh, because it was like a one-off type thing, you know? Yeah. It was another one of those bookended stories. It just, it was contained as most of those specials were. Yeah. Those four, the four, because we didn't have a season right going on that year for whatever reason. But yeah. But all four of those, what they call the Doctor specials were self-contained, usually one-episode stories. Yeah. Until the last one, which is the last one on my list. For Tenet? And that is, yeah, The End of Time, oh. which was a two-parter. All right. What? Uh... Those were the uh, the Master comes back and becomes Prime Minister. No, oh, no, yeah. excuse me. Um, the Master comes back, and this is where Rassilon and the Time Lords are threatening. Oh, okay. And you get Timothy Dalton who yeah. plays Rassilon. Yeah. Okay. This is this is Tenant's last. This is where Tenant regenerates at the end of this. Okay. So I guess it's a Christmas special. Right. Yeah. Because that was a pretty star-studded one too, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> doesn't isn't Billy Piper in that one too? Yeah. Rose makes up appearance. Yeah. Donna. Uh, Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Donna is back in it. Martha. You know, Freema. I can't remember. I can't pronounce her last name. As Martha, everybody, yeah, everybody makes an appearance in this. Yeah. yeah and he has the longest goodbye scene of yeah. any doctor where he goes and talks, sees everybody. He goes, he, you know, he sees Jack mm-hmm. in that bar and passes him the name of the guy sitting next to him, who was one of the, he was in a previous episode, Voyage of the Damned. He, okay. Alon, uh, Alonzo. That's it. So, anyway. Okay. But that was Tenet's regeneration at the and end that, of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one where he famously says, I don't want to go. Right, I don't want to go. Yeah, which is uh, Russell T. Davis's last episode, too. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah the end of Russell Davies' episode, uh, Rain and Moffat comes in yep. the next season with a new Doctor. Yep, which would be Matt. Matt Smith. And I have picked three episodes for him. Oh, all right. The first one is his first one, The 11th Hour. Okay. That's with Prisoner Zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was his first episode. I just, I think so far of, of all the the new era, that is the best origin episode. You know, the first episode of a new Doctor. I Yes, I agree. I mean, that was just really well done. It was a good story and uh, had a lot of humor, especially the part at the beginning where he's, trying to find something to eat yeah. <laughs> and everything she gives him, he spits out until he gets his famous fish fingers and custard. Yeah. And I got an actual picture of that, a painted picture. I had somebody do a commission for me. Wow. Of That's that, where, cool. where Matt and Amelia are sitting at the table. Right. But yeah, of all the first episodes for the, of a new doctor, that is best and most well done in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that one was awesome too, to like where uh, 
he picks out his uniform, but not in the in the TARDIS, right? He just basically right. steals it from all the doctors' <laughs> lockers. Yeah, he just kind of goes down there. And he's, and he's changing as he goes up to the roof. And I like it how they have the past doctors. Yeah, that's one of the things he was talking then, about. He's talking to the Atraxi, and he goes, you know, so many others have been here. And you have to ask yourself, what happened to them? You know, and then it goes through real quickly all the previous doctors. And it's sort of a it's sort of a hologram, and then he walks through it. Yeah, at his time. Says, Hello, I'm the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, and then you had, of course, you had the older Amy, where she's the she's like the telegram or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, "What happened to you? Like, <laughs> this is what you are now." And he's handcuffed yeah. to the to the radiator or the heater. Yeah, this is one of those another episode. We don't, we don't see it too much in the new series, but it, they did a lot in the classic series of the Doctor missing his target time-wise, you know, and landing years later. And right. that's where we saw this because, you know, he, he he goes off and he comes back and he doesn't realize that it's 14 years later. He still thinks he's still looking for Amelia, the little girl, and he hasn't realized that he's 14 years past where he's, you know, and that she's a grown woman now. So Yeah. Yeah, I totally – yeah, I really dug that episode, and and I agree with you. I think it's the best first uh, origin of a new Doctor that we've had this round. Yeah. You got another uh, Matt one? Yeah, Vincent and the Doctor. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, that was just I, a great, great episode. Yeah, there's a couple of um, Bill Nye. Was the was the art expert in it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his bow tie. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just to me, it's it's just gut wrenching the whole time. You know, like yeah. when when they take Vincent back. Um, actually, Austin and Shane and I did a watch along with this one because this was one one of all of our favorite ones of the new ones, and it's just it definitely yeah sucker punches you in the feels several times. Yeah. So. So I asked them when we after we got done with the watch along. So I'll ask you, since we're talking about it, do you think him, them taking him into the future to see his exhibit, changes how he paints the things? I do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like cheating a little bit, or do you think he was so depressed or messed up, you know, kind of that he would never remember it anyway? I think the latter. I don't think it changed him all that much. Um, you know, I think from what I know historically about Van Gogh, you know, he was, he would have probably done this anyway. He was kind of an extremely dejected person and they've tried to, they've tried to do modern diagnoses like he was bipolar. Right. And and which is hard to say, you don't really know, but, uh, no, I don't think what they taking him to the future to see is his own exhibit was enough to change, you know, whatever mental state condition or illness right. he had right so. well well no i'm not saying that like but what he painted like when they took him there was only like a couple of paintings that he'd painted up until that point like he he, oh, already, well. he already painted the starry night and um you know the, his self-portrait or whatever but then when they take him and then he sees all the other paintings that he's known for that he hasn't painted yet and then they take him back do you think he's like oh now i gotta paint these because Gosh, I don't know. You see, you understand my question now? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, it's the inspiration out of thin air type thing. 
I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Could be. Yeah. But yeah, this whole thing is like it, it, it's almost like uh, it's a punch in the feels because of the the known problems that Van Gogh had, right? Right. Exactly. And so you see it, but then you don't see it because you know, like Amy, all Amy wants to do is help him out, and and of course Matt's version of the doctor. He doesn't think that it'll solve anything, but maybe prolong it, I guess, as to right. where, at, by taking him and showing them, look, hey, you died poor and everything, but now you're world famous. Right. But that didn't happen, of course. So, you know, it, 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 in theory, it didn't really change anything. He still died. Right. and or, Exactly. You know, but yes, good, good call. And the third one I picked, and this may be a bit of a shock. Because it's not one of a lot of people think of. It's uh, the doctor's wife. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, where we actually get to see the TARDIS take on a personification. Yeah. And they can actually talk, and you learn a little bit about the TARDIS, and it it reinforces something that you kind of already knew. Mm-hmm. But um, it reinforces the idea that the doctor and the TARDIS, it's they are really it's a symbiotic relationship. Right. Right. You know, or she talks about, you, you know, you think you stole, you think you chose me when you stole me, but I really chose you. Right. Yes. You know, that him getting into that TARDIS and stealing that particular TARDIS 900 years earlier, whatever it was, uh-huh. was, you know, as much her choice or the TARDIS's choice as it was the doctor's. And that, and that one, I think, was written by Neil Gaiman, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So that one, yeah, that's a great 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 episode because as you said that just we always know or see that the TARDIS has its own personality you know whether it quote unquote gets mad and won't open the door for like Amy one episode or whatever right or you know later on like it has a it has a fit with it doesn't like Clara all that much Mm -hmm. at the beginning but this one we actually get to see it to where yeah that that one's an under underrated one too. I think so. I think it is. I mean, it's. I don't see it on a lot of people's lists of favorite episodes, but yeah, just for that one reason, because you know, it's like it just really brought everything to the forefront mm-hmm. of you know just how how much the Doctor and the TARDIS are sort of intertwined. You know, they, they can't be separated. Yeah, the Doctor couldn't exist without the TARDIS, and the TARDIS couldn't exist without the the uh, the doctor. Yeah. And then we're up to Capaldi. Capaldi, yes. And I had four that I listed for him. Okay. The first was Listen. That's okay. the one where he talks about, the, you know, everybody has these, uh, what they think are illusions of somebody talking to them or somebody being in the room that they can't see. But what if it's just, he believes that it's something, there's actual, some sort of alien being that's doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they travel back to, and they meet the young Danny Pink. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Who's afraid, and they, there's this character that is under the blanket. Mm-hmm. And then they travel back again, because end up going back to Gallifrey, where there's this young kid who's staying out there by himself and just in his bunk, crying constantly. Right. And you don't really know who this is. Claire's hiding under the bed. Uh-huh. When these people come in, and the woman says, you know, you can come in with the other boys. And obviously, this is an orphanage of some sort. Right, right. Or, uh, you know, 
for boys. And she goes, you can come in um, and, you know, I'll leave the door unlocked. You come in whenever you want to sleep with the other boys. And they're going back in and the, the man who I'm assuming is her husband, you know, says he, you know, he's, he's never going to be able to join the army if he doesn't stop crying. And she says he doesn't want to join the army. And he replies, well, he's not going to the academy. He'll never make a time lord. <laughs> and you realize that this is a young doctor. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, okay, I, what did you think about uh, Mr. Pink as a as a character? Like overall, was he okay? Did you he was on only, him at first, or he was okay? But I never really got the whole relationship between Danny and, and Clara. Yeah, it always seemed a little forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so too. Because up until that point, like the companion had some kind of relationship with the doctor, whether it was you know Rose crushing on him, or you know brother sister type of relationship, like with Amy and the doctor, I would say. Right. But like like here, it's just <clears throat> Clara, like used to have I would say a crush on him when he was Matt, but now that he's Capulty, then you know she's more like angry at him type thing. So it was like. Here, let's give him give him Danny Pink just to throw it off of that guard type thing. So right. I felt, so I felt he was he was a I thought he could have been a cool character. Like I didn't like uh, Mickey that much at first, you know, but he grew on me. Like back in the Eccleston ones. Well, and it they kept they there was such a big thing, and they make such a big deal several times about the Doctor not liking military people, soldiers. You know, he really detests soldiers. Right. Or has this distrust of them. And that, so that was a big thing they were playing up on that once that came out. And, you know, I'm not sure what his role was. It's like kind of a nemesis for the doctor or just sort of a yeah a distrust. Something that was pulling Clara in the opposite direction. So she's got, she's got this one pull of wanting to, you know, travel with the doctor. But now there's this chance of a semi or quote unquote normal relationship so right. it just didn't work out which is why I think they killed him at the end of the first season or after, end of, after one season so yeah could be could be well, alright next one uh, the magician's apprentice and the witch's familiar okay this is the one this is the first episode of his second season yeah and it starts out with this these people on this planet uh, it's in the middle of some war, a little kid and this other guy with Archer with a bow and arrow. And he gets these hands start coming up, you know, with the eyes in the palm, huh. grab him and pull him down. And he's trapped. All of a sudden these hands come up around this little kid and the doctor shows up and he's saying, oh, you got one chance in a thousand, but one is all you ever need. And he asks <laughs> the kid to introduce himself and he goes, my name is Davros. And, then they they start just doing this close up on the doctor's face, and the doctor is like, oh, "Holy shit!" Uh, yeah, that this is Davros, the man who created the Daleks. Now, what is he going to do? Is he going to save Davros, or does he let him die? So, and this one had Missy in it as well, and Missy was such a damn good character. Yes, I really. And like she that. she was so damn good. Um, you know, definitely my. I don't well, I don't know. Uh, forgot the name of the first guy that played the doctor in the new series what i forgot the actor's name who played the master sims sims yes 
Johnson. Johnson. He was good. Yeah. He was good, but oh my gosh, Missy was just she brought a whole new dimension to it. Yep, I agree. And it, it kind of you kind of thought that's who she was at first, but you didn't know still, right? Right. Like well, this we, yeah. You know, well, we found out at the end of the of Capaldi's first season. Right. Right. So we already know that she's the master at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is like, because this is the first two episodes of the next season. And so she's back in this capacity. But just the whole thing with um, the doctor and Davros, and again, you kind of get ties back to some of the classic stuff. And if you've watched any, you know, the classic series at all, or seen anything with Davros, you kind of know the history behind this. So, right. That was that was the only one of that that season. I really, okay. I thought I thought that the rest of that season was not one of his, the stronger seasons. Okay. The next one was uh, Knock Knock. Okay. This is where Bill moves into a bunch of her friends move into this house, old house, mm-hmm. release out rooms, and something starts happening. People get sort of absorbed into the woodwork of this house. Right. Yeah, that one, it was pretty pretty clever, I think. Yeah, how they got to it. Oh, well, just it was a this is a good classic horror type story. Yeah, and again, it was another one of those that was one episode self contained, mm-hmm. not a lot of extraneous stuff going on here, and uh, you know, good resolution to the story. Yeah. yeah, this was like the fourth one, I think. The fourth one of this series, I think. Yeah, of, the, of his last year, last season. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And then the last one I picked was the last two, World Enough in Time and The Doctor Falls. Okay. Where the old master, the map, comes back. Uh-huh. And we see the Mondasian Cybermen. Well, John and Sims it, comes back in this one, John right? Sims, yeah. yeah, John okay. Sims comes back as... Uh, but... And, but uh, Michelle Gomes is still there as Missy, though, right? Yeah, she's there. Yeah, yeah okay. They meet each other and they're talking and they seem to be plotting together. Yeah. And this is and the there's the the master has this really uncomfortable attraction to Missy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's humorous but disturbing at the same time. I'm Agreed. Like, it's like okay, this is you know. And it's kind of cool because here we get to see like a throwback to the Cyberman too. Yes, like the, the old school, like olden day, like primitive, I guess you would say. Yeah, well, the Mondasian Cybermen; those were the first Cybermen, and the they encountered in uh, the classic series. In fact, okay, you know, in the um, uh, the what was it, um, Twice Upon a Time, the 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 Christmas special. Yes, they show one scene where. They're showing the old doctor, uh, the mm-hmm. original doctor, William Hartnell, mm-hmm. and he's saying love, pride, hate. Yes. Have yes, you yes. no emotions, sir? That is from the name of that episode. I forgot the name of it. That's where they met the Mondasians. He's talking okay. to a Cyberman when he's saying that. Okay. Okay. He's talking to one of these Mondasian Cybermen in that ep- in that original episode. Tenth Planet, I think is what it's called. Okay. And he's like, love, pride, hate. Have you no emotions, sir? And he's talking to a, one of these Mondasian Cybermen, they re, one of the original incarnations of the Cybermen. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I like the story about them being the ship that's miles long, but it's on right on the edge of a black hole, so that time dilation is such that time is passing more slowly 
for the people at the bottom. Okay. So like yeah. when Bill when Bill gets shot and taken down there to get repaired, mm-hmm. and that's where she meets the master who's in the sky. You know, months pass by for them, and it's only a few seconds for the doctor who's up on the top level. And so that by the time he gets down there, you know, I think a couple of years or more have passed. And of course, he finds out that Bill's been fully converted into a into a cyberman. Yeah, yeah. But just a good, um, a good solid story that really I think that set up the Christmas special. Yeah, very you, well. Um, since you're a comic fan as well, um, just you know, and here he uh, mentions Marinus, I think is what it's called or how it's pronounced. It's like the moon base, I think. Oh yeah. Well, um, Grant Morrison wrote The World Shapers, which is the sixth, a sixth Doctor comic book mm. event, and, and that and that ta- uh, Marinus takes place in that. Like that's where that one is. Did not know that. Yeah. Did not know that. So it's kind of a cool throwback to that, like Easter egg type thing. If, if you you know read the books too, type right? Or I guess just like continuity kind of thing i guess really yeah so and he did get um the doctor did offer jelly babies in this one yes well he also he offered jelly babies or capaldi did in uh oh gosh i forgot what the name of it's not murder on the orient express it's no take off on that yeah yeah i can't remember the name of it though there's one scene in that where he sits down and talks to a guy and he brings out Reaches in his pocket and pulls out what's a looks like a cigarette case. Right. But the old cigarette cases that men used to carry in that era. Mm-hmm. And he opens it up, but it's Jelly Babies that are in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's that one's great too. So. <clears throat> All right. Those are what I had. So. All good ones, uh, and they're not, you know, usually ones that people pick. Yeah. There. I mean, uh, there's a couple that we, you know, like the Van Gogh one. I think people pick. Yeah, and I think the eleventh hour is a favorite, a fan favorite. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I was sitting there thinking, and I looked at the old list, and I'm like, which you know, which of these do I remember most that I really liked? And there's there you know there are a lot that were good. Yeah. I almost picked the one um, for Tenet, and I forgot I can't remember now. It's the first time you met River Song. The Silence in the Library. Yeah, the Silence in the Library. Mm-hmm. That one was a very close one for me. Who turned out the lights? Yes. Turned out the lights. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, one of the one standoff um, specials, I really dug the Waters of Mars. That was a good one as well. Just because it had the emotional impact at the end that you weren't expecting. I thought all those specials were good. Planet of the Dead was another one. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, that you know had some. Funny. It's funny how much I remember the humorous things. Yeah. Uh, Planet of the Dead was that one where he makes the phone call to Unit. <laughs> yes. And he's talking to that guy who's just a total homer, you know, <laughs> for the doctor. And it's like, you're my new best friend. Yeah. And uh, um, another tenant one that I don't think gets talked about um, is School Re- Reunion also. Oh, yes. That was a good one where he. Sarah Jane and K9. And K9, yep. Yeah, that was a good one. Did you watch any of the uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, the show I, that she did? I didn't watch it 
like regularly like I would the doctor say. Mm-hmm. But but I did watch a couple of them and I did and I liked them. Yeah. I liked a couple too. There was one where Matt Smith made a cameo in one of them. Um because I think the name of the episode was the death death of the doctor or he was rumored to be dead. But uh, yeah, I didn't watch that very regularly. I didn't watch Torchwood very regularly either. I watched Torchwood more than the more than that, I would say. Yeah, I did too. Cause I just Jack Harkness, that's a good character. That's a really good character. Yeah. And it suits Barrowman. Yeah. Just fine. If you, I don't know if you've ever. I've not seen him in person, but I have seen like YouTube videos of him I, at conventions and such. Yep, I've met him in person. And his he is just like Jack Harkness. I mean, he is every bit as mm-hmm. sarcastic and snarky and. Uh, flirts with everybody regardless yep. of gender um yeah uh, he, he's like uh like uh full of energy all the time yeah he's just he's he's yeah um yeah just effervescent and i don't, and I don't think i look like him for the record <laughs> even though i no, get mistaken not. a couple times for him no not really uh, somebody said that once and of course i like a pit bull i had to latch onto it and give you a hard time about it. no no i'm i'm just saying like there's been a couple of times when people are like, oh, did you know, like, total random stranger, like, people. And, of course, they didn't know him from Doctor Who. They were talking, like, when he was on Arrow. Right. Or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't. I mean, I don't see it. I don't have the cleft chin, you know. Not saying, I mean, he's a handsome man. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> And he's also like six two, and I'm like five ten. So you know, or right. five nine. <clears throat> but, no, I don't think you look like Barrowman. No, <laughs> and he has great flowing hair, as to where I don't. Oh uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but no, I I actually love his character. And no, I, I really I would hope I was hoping they'd bring him back. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully he'll come back for Jody's run because that'll be great. That would be funny because yeah, he would. Yeah. Be flirtatious with that. Yeah. I mean, he even did that with Sarah Jane. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of he's like, oh, looking good, mom. You know? And <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, he, he's a good character. I just, I don't know if Moffat had some problem with it or. You no, know. I think it was just like fitting him in somewhere, like bringing him back to where it makes sense type of thing. Right. And I mean, there's, you know, they allude to him every once in a while, but. And honestly, I th- I thought he would make an appearance or like a cameo in the 50th anniversary, but I uh, yeah I, I read some things he said. Um, he was kind of bitter about it. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, I, well, I don't want to say something that's totally undocumented, but I think there were at least rumors that he would be there, or they had talked to him, or at least approached him about the possibility, uh-huh. and then sort of backed off. But yeah. Yeah, he was he was not happy that he was not in that because he thought that was because they brought it just about everybody else, but except Eccleston, who was offered, they offered, yeah, but he refused. He refused, so. yeah. See, I wonder if he's gonna be like um, Tom Baker because after Baker left, he sort of shunned anything Doctor Who for a while, and he refused to be in the special, the Five Doctors, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, he refused to be in that, and they kind of had to. Fudge his character a little bit about being trapped in some sort of a temporal something or other. Um, but then later, of course, he he warmed up to it and he appeared in the fiftieth 
anniversary. Yeah, he was a curator. So I'm wondering if Eccleston, if he's going to mellow out a little bit as he gets older and right. somewhere down the line will we'll, we'll appear. Yeah. And speaking of that episode, the 50th anniversary broke a Guinness World Record. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. So it was broadcast in 94 countries simultaneously. Yep. So it was the world's largest ever simulcast of a TV drama. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And I forgot how many what the how many what many people saw that, but it was over a billion. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. That's just nuts. Yeah, it's just insane. It's yeah. just of how you know crazy this show is. Well, it's like you hear Capaldi told a story about he was when he found out he was going to be the doctor. He was filming musketeers, something right? musketeers, I think, or something like that, off in I don't know where it was, some obscure European country. Yeah. And you know, some little kid recognized him from the fires of Pompeii. Right. He goes, "You were Doctor Who. You were Doctor." And like, well, kid was couldn't speak very good English, and he was sort of like, "Doctor Who, Doctor Who," and he had just found out that he was going to get the role, but he hadn't told, he couldn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. So he was like freaking out <laughs> to this <laughs> one. Yeah, I remember reading that too because they were in a like really remote location to like when they were on the set or their trailers or whatever didn't even have internet or anything like that. Right, and yet this little kid recognizes him from an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. And uh, so it's like it just really gives you the sense of how how global the show has become. Yeah, yeah. Just what a fan base. Yeah. Because like I said, the first time Capaldi came to San Diego Comic Con, you know, there was just gobs of people, and he appeared on Conan O'Brien's show and a couple of others. It's really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't put any of uh, my favorite episodes. I I left. I didn't include much of the Christmas specials. Yeah. Really. Because okay. um, uh, the Christmas specials to me have been hit and miss. I can see that. Some of them, the first one they had was actually Tennant's first two. Uh, that was his first one, yeah. Because he, he wasn't even like in it, most of it. He was laying in bed. Right. And he got his hand cut off. Right. And regened it. And... You know, some of the, like I say, some of them are just not been, they've been hit or miss for me. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are not so good. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I thought, uh, I don't know. Another character I'm going to be curious to see what they do with, if they do anything with it, is River Song coming yeah. in for Joe. If they, if they bring her back for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another one that would have a great potential. Because supposedly she knows, you know, her, she and the doctor have gone in opposite directions on the timeline. In other right. words, right? She knows him from the future. He knows her from the past. So if that's true, she must know about Jody. Jody, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that incarnation of the doctor. So it's they could do so much with that if they will. I don't depends on a lot of things. You know, if they can get um, Alex Kings, yeah, Kingston, yeah. You know, whatever I don't know what our commitments are on, on other programs or movies, but um, there's a video on YouTube. She was at, actually sit, at a, sitting at a panel at a con when somebody announced it, when they announced the uh, next Doctor would be Jody. Because you remember that happened for us. It happened in the middle of the day. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, they, it was 
they did it in England. It was like 6.30 p.m., so it would have been five hours earlier. Yeah, so it would have been like one or two here, right? So it was in the middle of the day when they announced yeah. she was sitting at a, in a con <laughs> on a panel, and somebody yells out, just yelling, hey, did you know Jody Quinnaker is the new doctor? And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> just, <laughs> you could tell she had all kinds of things running through her head of where that could go. But And the other question is, and I'm sure it's, I know the answer to it, but have we actually seen the last of the master? No. We can't possibly. No. He's he's been dead before. <laughs> I mean yeah. several times. Right. Um yeah. maybe put on the shelf for a little bit. Yeah, I don't expect to see the master for at least one season. Yeah. And I was cuz I was reading something, and I forgot where it was, one one of the blog sites that the Shimmel is going to stay away from a lot of the classic villains, except for the Daleks, because there's some kind of contractual something. Yeah, they, they lose rights to it if they don't use it once. So they have, to have, they have to have some kind of Dalek, even if it's just a short Yeah, even uh, if it's cameo. just like, yeah, yeah. But they have to show a Dalek once during the season in order to yep. keep the rights to it. Correct. So, you know, it may be like, <laughs> um, well, like, do you watch... Did you watch Seinfeld much? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you always um, saw the Superman character or something in the background in nearly every episode. Uh huh. Because that was just one of his shticks. Right. He, well, and it's also like Lobo with DC. Yeah. They they have to. I I don't think it's every year, but every couple of years I think they have to uh, do something with his character before. Um, they lose rights to him as well. Right. But like I say, from, if what I read is correct, and who knows? I mean, some of these really good people. But at least this first season, they're kind of doing it a lot of di- a new stuff, different things, and not relying on a lot of the stock villains. Yeah. Yep. So I doubt we'll see the Cybermen. I doubt we'll see uh, the Silurians. I doubt we'll see um, one of the creatures from Mars. Oh, uh... Yep, those. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the, you know, the stock villains, yeah. I don't know if we'll see them. Maybe we'll get to see the Rani this time. Ooh, the Rani would be good. Yeah. Or somebody new, like the Omega. Or, so, so, you know, not our stereotypical ones that we see all the time. Right. So that'd be cool. That would be, they'd bring back. Well, you want to wrap this one up, my friend? Yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Timey Wimey Podcast Hour. You can find the show at Timey Wimey Hour. I'm at Rombar316. Jay is at Jay Forgets. Um, Austin is I am Shadowman3166. And Shane is at Shaney Who. And we don't have an email. So just holler at us and give us some questions or whatever. Thanks for listening. Okay, you used to be me. You've done all this before. What happens next? I don't remember. How can you forget this? Hey, hang on. It's not my fault. You're obviously not paying enough attention. Reverse the polarity. Why are you pointing at screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols.
I demand to be incarcerated in the tower immediately with my co-conspirators, Sanchez and Grandad. Grandad? They're not Sanchez. 